you have had an awesome week. Uh, and this is the beginning of yet another good week uh, in which we are going to experience the goodness of the Lord, the favor of the Lord, and the abundance of His grace in our lives. I want to just uh, invite you to this broadcast and encourage you as well just to share the broadcast with your friends and make sure that you spread the good news to as many people as you possibly can. You never know just the sharing that you will do this beautiful morning. It may impact a life uh, for eternity. So I just want to encourage you just to share the broadcast uh, as we are about to get into the ministry of the Word of God, uh, continuing with our series. Uh, so just uh, I'll give you a minute just to share with people uh, the broadcast as we are going to have an awesome time in the Word of God. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I see a number of people who have joined us. Thank you very much for joining us this Sunday morning. It's always a blessing to know that uh, we have a lot of people attending church with us. Uh, what a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Okay, I'm sure you are doing that. You are sharing the broadcast. Um, let, me, let me do so myself. As we get ready for the word. Okay, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We bless your name as we are ready, Lord, to uh, feed from your table. We thank you, Lord, because this is the table that you've prepared for us this morning. We will truly be blessed by your word, we'll be refreshed by the word, and we'll be reminded of all things that we have gained through the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Um, we're continuing. Like I said, we started this some three weeks ago. This is our fourth Sunday um, in the book of Hosea. So if you can, I want to invite you to go with me, please, to the book of Hosea, chapter number 2. Hosea, chapter number 2, verse number... 19 through to verse number 20. Hosea chapter number 2, verse number 19 through to verse number 20. I'm just going to give you a minute to get there. Hosea chapter number 2, verse 19 through to verse number 20. The Bible reads, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. Let me repeat that again. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness, justice, in loving kindness, mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. And you shall know the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, a quick recap. He says, I will. And we say that this is God's responsibility. It is him doing it. It is not our doing. And he says, I will betroth you. He is the one. He is the groom. He is the one who finds us. He is the one who has to pay the bridal price. He is the one who is doing the work. He is the one who prepares the place. 
is the one who provides even the attire that is needed. Everything that is needed by the bride is always provided for or should be, according to God's plan, be provided for uh, by the husband or by the groom. And he says forever, which means there is no uh, time limit. He is eternal. And what he gives us is eternal life. So his betrothal to us, his marriage and relationship you know, to us is one that is everlasting. It is one that is forever. It is one that is everlasting. It is one that is forever. Even the natural and the physical death is not the end of it. It's actually uh, a release to even enjoy the eternal life that we have in Christ Jesus forever. And he says, uh, I will betroth you to me in righteousness. So it is in righteousness forever. Remember, it is a gift of God. Righteousness is a gift of God. And the gifts of God are without repentance. They are irrevocable. They cannot be taken away. They cannot be taken back by God. And righteousness is one such gift which God cannot take away from us. It is forever. It is eternal to those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and our big brother as well. And the Bible then says, in justice, you know, we looked at this last week, in justice or judgment. So God does not overlook sin. This is what we said. He does not overlook sin. He punishes sin. He hates sin. And as a result, he did not overlook all the sins that were committed in time past and all the sins that are being committed now and all the sins that are going to be com uh, committed even in the future. Jesus Christ took it upon himself. Jesus Christ took it upon himself and he was punished and the wrath of God came onto his son. And because the wrath of God came onto his son, God dealt with sin, the past, the present, and future sins. All of them dealt with by the finished work of the cross. Praise the Lord. So all our sins were dealt with because of what Jesus did at the cross. So today we are now looking at mercy. Today we are looking at mercy. Uh, and someone may say, okay, didn't we skip another one, which is loving kindness? Because the Bible says, in loving kindness and mercy. In loving kindness and mercy. Yes, we didn't really skip loving kindness. If you check that word loving kindness, let me just pass through there. If you check that word loving kindness in Hebrew, it is hesed. Now, hesed encompasses pretty much all the or most of the attributes of God. It encompasses faithfulness. It encompasses mercy. It encompasses righteousness. It encompasses, uh, you know, justice. It encompasses love. So whenever you're looking at the word loving kindness or hesed in, um, in Hebrew, you realize and you will see that it encompasses everything. And this very word has said, uh, or loving kindness, you don't find it in the New Testament. You'll find the other different words that are broken down. So we did not really uh, skip loving kindness, but everything that we're talking about, sort of, uh, that's what you find in loving kindness. And that word is a said. And it is the word that is also interchangeably used with the word, you know, uh, mercy in the Old Testament as we are going to, as we are going to see as we continue. So he says, I will betroth you in loving kindness and mercy. So I decided to focus on the mercy part, 
which is in this bigger um, you know plate where you find you know loving kindness now god is a merciful god god is a merciful god it is his character it is his attribute this is who he is just like god is love you know god is gracious god is also merciful and you find that in the whole of the old testament god showing mercy uh, you know he says i do not desire sacrifice but i desire mercy and he says i will have mercy on whom i will have mercy so it is in the nature of god to show mercy he is a merciful god he is a merciful god he is a compassionate god he is a god who uh, extends his goodness to his people um, throughout the old testament and even when you go to the new testament that is exactly what you find now I'll, i'm going to give very simple definitions uh, of mercy and grace uh, something that is very very simple something that is very very basic so mercy is simply um god withholding what is deserved right god withholding what is deserved so mercy is when god withholds what is due or what is deserved and usually it is a uh, punishment god withholding what is deserved that is what mercy is all about and grace is god giving what is not deserved so the mercy aspect comes in from when god withholds what we deserve that is punishment and the grace part comes in when god is giving what we do not deserve all right and in this case it's the eternal life that we have gotten through our lord jesus christ so mercy holds back what we really deserve and grace gives us what we do not deserve this is very important for you to just uh, you know understand as we continue with our teaching psalms chapter 103 verse 8 to 10 psalms chapter 103 verse 8 to 10 i would like you to go with me if you can psalms chapter 103 verse 8 to 10 Praise the Lord. Now, here's what the Bible says. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has dealt with us not according to our sins. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities are you seeing here he, he has not dealt with us according to our sins so there is something there is a punishment that was due but god withheld that punishment he did not deal with us as we deserved all right no punished us according to our iniquities so you look at your iniquities here and this is the punishment that is due then god decides in his mercy in his compassion in his loving kindness to withhold the punishment that is due to you so that is the mercy of god so god is merciful now if you check that word merciful that you find there it is actually hesed the same word that is used for loving kindness right it is hesed the same word that is used for for loving kindness so it's god is merciful and gracious right 
abounding in mercy. Now, that word mercy there is no longer has said. It's now raham, right? Now, so you see, you know, these words are used interchangeably, but at the core, at the very root, they actually carry the same uh, meaning. Now, so God is merciful. So this is who he is, right? He is merciful. He is gracious. Now, Lamentations chapter number 3, verse number 22. Lamentations chapter number 3, verse number 22. You know, the Bible says, it is of, it is of the Lord's mercy, this is has said, that we are not consumed. Because his compassion, Raham, fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm sure, you know, some of us, we know that song. The mercies of God are new every morning. Right? The Lord is merciful. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. So what was due to us is for us to be consumed. It's for us to be banned. It's for us to die. It's for us to be swallowed, you know. But the Bible says it is for the mercy of God, of the mercy of the Lord, that we are not consumed. Are you seeing the, you know, God withholding, the holding back of what is due to us? You know, sometimes people see a lot of people uh, committing all kinds of sins and you're like, you know, what is really happening? Why is it, you know, God is not judging them? Why is it, you know, they are not dying? It is because of the mercy of God. God withholding what is due to those people. What a gracious God we serve. You know, just the mercy of God, knowing that this is the kind of father that you have, that I have, knowing this is the kind of God that you have and that I have, that alone should make you glad. That alone should make you happy. Why? Because you know that you have got a faithful dad. You know you've got a loving father who is gracious and he is merciful. That's his nature. That's who he is. It's not like a foreign, a foreign character or a foreign nature. It's not like something that he works for or something that he works to do. No. This is something that is from his inside. It's a part of him. That's how he is made up. He is gracious. He is merciful. And the mercies of God. The Bible says they are new every morning. Lest you think that you can exhaust the mercy of God. You know, you have exhausted. You feel like, okay, I've got my daily portion of mercy today. You know, you wake up tomorrow. God says, you know what? You did not exhaust my mercy. Even if you committed adultery, even if you committed murder, I've got new mercy for you today, you know, and you go again, I've got new mercy for you today. Actually, our very life is initiated by mercy. You know, that's why it says mercy, his mercies are new every morning. So by the start of every day, you are introduced to the day by the mercy of God. You are introduced to the day by the grace of God. You are introduced to the day by the goodness of the Lord. You know, this alone should just make you glad. This alone should just make you excited. You are not introduced by his wrath to a day, but what you are introduced to uh, every single day is the mercy of God. Praise the Lord. It is the mercy of God. Now, let's, let's go on. So I'm sure now we have, you've, come, you know, you've come to a place of understanding you know, what we're talking about when we are talking about the mercy of God. 
and how the mercies of God are new every morning. Praise the Lord. The mercies of God are new every morning. Now, <clears throat> let's continue this. Um, and I'm sure you, you're just going to love this as we, as we continue with our study now. Okay. Now look to what the Bible says. Um, the Bible now talks about the mercy seat. I think, you know, to some of you who are familiar with your Bibles, you know, it, it, you know the Bible sometimes talks about the mercy seat, uh, the mercy seat of God. So in the tabernacle, God instructed Moses to build him a tabernacle or, a, you know, then it was a tabernacle. Then it later on became a temple. And in that tabernacle, there were supposed to be three major divisions. And the first division, there was supposed to be the, you know, the outer court. And then there was supposed to be the holy place and then the holy of holies. And in the outer court, that's where you would find, you know, women were there, men were there. There were also different, you know, sections within that outer court. Uh, then you would find also the um, the heathens, you know, those who were, were converted into Judaism. They were called the proselyte Jews. They also would come, you know, to the to the outer court. And then you would get into the holy place. And the holy place, this is where you would find the, you know, those of the tribe of Levi, the priests. You will find them in the holy place. Those who would work in the tabernacle or work in the temple, you will find them in the holy place. Then, as you continue to, to move, you will then get into the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies now, you will then find, um, in the Holy of Holies, you will then find the, the, only the high priest with access to the Holy of Holies once every year on the Day of Atonement. You know, uh, on the Day of Atonement, that's where you would find the high priest uh, entering to offer sacrifice for the sins of man. And in that high priest, there was the Ark of the Covenant. You would find the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy uh, of Holies. So you get into the Holy of Holies, but the most holy place in that Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant, there were tablets of, of stone. Um, you know, I had hoped... I forgot to give these guys my my photo, but let me let me see if I can do that, um, so that they they show you the messy seat, and you will have a better understanding of uh, of what I'm talking about. So they'll flight it they'll flight it as we as we go. Now, so in the holy of holies, remember there is the ark of the covenant, and in that ark of the covenant. What would you find in the Ark of the Covenant? You would find, you know, the, the tablets of stones. Uh, this is the Ten Commandments and all the other laws, the 613 laws. And you would also find in the Ark of the Covenant, you would also find the manna and the, the rod of Aaron that budded. This is what you would find in the Holy of, I mean, in the Ark of the Covenant. Now, that Ark of the Covenant, you would then find the the lead what was supposed to be the lead what was supposed to be the lead of the ark of the covenant you know this was called the mercy seat and on that mercy seat you would find two cherubims looking at each other with their wings you know joining you know coming together with their wings coming together right there at the you know mercy seat that was the lead of the ark of the covenant i hope you're following me 
the lead of the Ark of the Covenant. So you have the Ark of the Covenant where you find all these, um, uh, you know, you would find the commandments, you would find in the Ark of the Covenant, you would find the uh, rod of Aaron that budded, you would find the manna, right? And then over the lead, you know, the, the, the lead, that lead was called the mercy seat. I want to emphasize this because there's a point that I'm going to drive home very soon. Over there, you would find the mercy seat where the cherubims were, were there. Now, uh, are you ready for this now? I hope you're ready for this. Now, listen to this now. When men sinned in the garden, Genesis chapter number 3, what you find, he was chased out of the garden and God blessed the cherubims by the entrance of the garden so that men would not have access back in to the garden, you know, lest you would eat of the tree of life. So they were guarding the tree of life. So they were there with flaming swords, you know, to make sure that man does not go in, right? So they were guarding the tree of life. They were there guarding the tree of life. That's what you find. But now at the mercy seat now, it's a different, you know, scenario altogether. You find the cherubims there, they are looking at each other and this is what is called the mercy seat. You know, you, you're just going to enjoy this. This is, this is what was called the mercy seat. Now, it was at the mercy seat, this is where the blood was supposed to be sprinkled. Remember, he would come once every year, representing himself and the whole house of Israel. And it was at this place where the blood was supposed to be sprinkled. Right? The blood was supposed to be sprinkled. Now, this is critical and this is important. Let me, have you got in my, is it flighted? Not yet. Okay, it's coming. I'm sure you, you'll see the picture very soon. So, this is where the blood was sprinkled. Now, I want you to just hold that as we go through the, the scriptures to, to, to sort of show this uh, beautiful picture. Exodus chapter 25, verse 22. Exodus chapter 25, verse 22. Exodus chapter 25, verse 22. The Bible says, And there I will meet with thee, and I'll commune with thee from above the mercy seat. There I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee. So God would commune with Aaron, with the high priest, or with man, because Aaron was not representing himself. Aaron was representing the entire uh, house of Israel. So God is saying, I will meet with the house of Israel right there at the mercy seat. That's where I am going to commune with them. Okay? From between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things which I will give thee in the commandment unto the children of Israel. Now, let, let's, let's just walk a little bit um, um slower so, so that we emphasize this he says and i will meet thee so god's desire was to meet men and he says i will commune with thee god's desire was to fellowship with men where from above the mercy seat not in the ark of the covenant but i'll do all this from above the mercy seat which means the mercy seat was god's throne it was god's place of dwelling this is where he was. This is where he would come in the cloud, as we are going to see. 
And he says, that's where I'm going to commune. Now, are you seeing the blood that was sprinkled? It was sprinkled up above the mercy seat. And what was inside the Ark of the Covenant? Remember, the mercy seat was the lead. It was the covering. What was inside? There were the laws. It was the manna. It was the rod of iron that budded. So are you seeing this? Israel, you have failed to fulfill all my requirements, but this is what I'm going to do. Here is the mercy seat. In order for me to commune with you, I'm going to commune with you not as I look at the covenants, no, but there has to be something that covers the the, the, the covenants. There has to be something that covers the covenant because the covenant you are failing. Because if I look right through and see the covenants, I will see a, a people that have broken every command. But I'm going to look through the mercy seat where the blood is sprinkled. And as I look through the mercy seat, what do I see? I see the substitutionary death and I am appeased. By the time I see the covenants, I see the fulfillment of that covenant by reason of the blood that I'm seeing. I hope, I hope you, you get this now. So that's why, you know, the presence of the Lord was not in the ark. No, the presence of the Lord and the, the seat of God was the mercy seat. Not the ark itself, but the mercy seat. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, listen to this now. <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 16, verse number 2. Leviticus chapter 16, verse number 2. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at just any time in the holy place, inside the veil. Right? Not to come at any time in the holy place, inside the veil. Right? Before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, Right? So the mercy seat was on the ark. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Are you seeing this? This is interesting. This is, this is actually beautiful right here. Right? So he was going to appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. So the glory of the Lord was going to be above the mercy seat where the blood was sprinkled. So as God is communing, the blood is covering every commandment. The blood is covering every requirement. The blood is covering everything, you know, that we, you and me, could not fulfill. It was all covered by the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. I hope you, you're still following. Um, Numbers chapter 7 verse 89. We still there. I will betroth you in mercy. I will betroth you in mercy. Now, if you check, let me just make another point very clear here. Now, if you check uh, our definition of mercy from the onset and now the mercy seat, these are completely two different definitions in the Hebrew. The mercy, mercy and mercy seat, they're completely two different words. But it is, this is what you need to get now. It is from God's personality or character as a merciful God that you find the mercy seat. It is from God's character as a gracious God that you find the mercy seat. Are you getting this? You will find the mercy seat uh, as a, so the mercy seat is a product of the character, the personality and the nature of God. That's where I find the link because there would not be the mercy seat if there is no 
gracious God, if there is no loving God, if there is no merciful God. Okay? Now, listen now. Chapter 7, verse 89. Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. It says, Now when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, right? He heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus he spoke to him. Now, why am I, you know, going around here, you know? Because generally we would think, well, you know, God would speak to us, you know, it was the, the whole ark of the covenant. No, God is being specific where he was, where his seat was, where he was, you know, communicating with men. It was not from within the ark of the covenant where the laws were. No, it was from the without, from, you know, above the mercy seat of God. Amen. Okay, so get this now. I hope I hope you still you still with me. Now, so every testament, right? The old, the new testament, or every covenant, every covenant had its own ark of the covenant, right? And every covenant had its own laws, the tablets. And every covenant has got its own manner. And every covenant had its own rod that buds. Every covenant also had its own veil or tabernacle. Every covenant also had its own um, uh, messy seat, like I said, and also its own veil. Now, this is important. So, for every covenant, you'll find a messy seat, the Ark of the Covenant. For every covenant... Race. They have the picture now. You can put up my picture. Thank you. Now, every covenant had the mercy seat. Every covenant had the, you know, the veil. Now, this is important as we are going to see. Because when we make a switch now to the New Testament, you will find what is in the shadow. As the Bible states in the book of Colossians chapter number 2, you know, from verse number 16, that all these things were a shadow, but the body is that of Christ. Now, uh, you can put up, yes, now I'm sure you can see my, my, my picture now because I can see it. So you'll find that that's the messy seat that you see up there and that's the Ark of the Covenant. So you have the messy seat and you have the Ark of the Covenant. Praise the Lord. Now, all right, uh, you are still with me, right? Praise the Lord. So the word messy seat now, the word messy seat, the the Hebrew word that is there that means mercy seat is kaporet, right? Well, I'm not Hebrew, so I'll, I'll pronounce it as, uh, <laughs> as to the best of my knowledge, right? It's kaporet, which simply means a lead or propitiation. A lead or propitiation. It means a lead or propitiation. Now, I want you to hold that word propitiation there, Right? I want you to hold, hold that propitiation, that word propitiation right there. Now, if you come now to Hebrews chapter number 9, if you go with me, please. Hebrews chapter 9 verse number 5. Hebrews chapter 9 verse number 5. It says, and above it were the cherubim, right? And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat overshadowing the mercy seat 
of these things we cannot uh, now speak in detail. Okay, so uh, I'll take this again. And above it were the cherubim of glory, those cherubims that we saw, overshadowing the mercy seat. The cherubims were overshadowing the what? The mercy seat. Exactly the same picture that we see in the book of um, Exodus, right? Chapter 25, verse 22, it's exactly what we see now, right? Overshadowing the mercy seat. Now, the word mercy seat there in Greek, it is illustorious. Hilasterios, hilasterios, okay? Which simply means propitiation, okay? So the word hilasterios, which is mercy seat, simply means um, mercy seat, propitiation. I want you to hold that. I'm sure you're still following me. So, so there's a lot of connections and a lot of Greek and Hebrew here and there so that you find the connection. Romans chapter number 3. Romans chapter number 3, uh, verse 24 to 26. Romans chapter number 3, verse 24 to 26. Um, okay, I'm going to read first from verse number 23, but don't, don't, it's just for me here. From verse number 23, so that it makes sense to, to us. Romans chapter 3, verse number 23. Okay, let me find that. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, listen to verse number 24 now. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation, whom God set forth as a propitiation, okay, by his blood, through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. 26. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now go with me. To 24, 24 and 25. I want you to get something here. Whom God had set forth. Who is this? From 24 you find it is Jesus Christ. Now listen. Jesus Christ was set by God to be a propitiation. Now propitiation is the very same word that is translated mercy seat. From the Old Testament and Hebrews chapter number, uh, chapter number 9 verse 5. Is the same word. So Jesus Christ is the mercy seat. Now this is this is the time that you know if 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 you know you are not staying where there are a lot of people, you know you should just you know leap up with joy and shout for joy because now we know who the mercy seat is. It's not just now the lead that covers the you know the sins or that covers the law because remember the law is coming to condemn and to show us how sinful we are. But now there we find, right there, that particular time, that what was covering the whole time, the mercy seat, that was covering all those laws that were there, you know, that were speaking condemnation to us, it was actually Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our propitiation. Jesus Christ is the mercy seat. Praise the Lord, right? Jesus Christ is our mercy seat. 
Now listen to this. First John chapter number two. First John chapter number two, verse number two. You you need to shout for joy. You know, for me, this is what blesses my soul. It blesses my heart when I see that it was Jesus all the way. It was Jesus from the very beginning. It was Jesus in the Old Testament. It was Jesus in the New Testament. The very reason why the wrath of God did not strike, it was because there was Jesus right there, right there by the mercy seat. It was not only where he would come to stay, but it was actually him right there by the mercy seat. Right. First John chapter 2, verse number 2, it says, And he is the propitiation for our sins. He is the mercy seat. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Right? He is our mercy seat. He is the propitiation. He is the one who appeased the wrath of God. He is the one who satisfied the, satisfied the justice system of God. He is the one and his name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. Always there. He has always been there all along. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, you'll find him ever present. Now listen to Hebrews chapter number 10. Uh, verse 19 to 22. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 19 uh, to 22. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm enjoying this. So Jesus is the veil. Jesus is the high priest. He's the sacrificial lamp. And Jesus is the mercy seat. Praise God. Now Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 19 to 22. It says, Therefore, Brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So who is the veil? The veil that was separating people from the holy of holies was Jesus. Right? And he says that through the veil that is his flesh. So the veil that was torn in between and had, you know, gave us access, it was him when his flesh was, you know, bruised, when his flesh was beaten, when his flesh, you know, it was the veil that was being opened up. You know, those who were punishing him, they did not know what they were doing, but they did not, you know, if had they known, that's what the Bible says, you know, first Corinthians chapter number two, uh, verse number uh, you know, from verse number seven, eight, nine, it says, if the princes and the kings of this world had known that it is through this very act of the cross that freedom, you know, salvation was coming to us, they were not going to crucify, you know, the king of glory. They were not, but it was hidden from them. But what no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, nor has entered in the heart of men, the very things that God has prepared for us who love him and he has revealed them to us by his spirit. And now because we have the spirit of God, all these things are being revealed to us. We realize the veil that was torn, it was actually his flesh. Verse 21, it says, And having a high priest, who is the high priest? It's Jesus himself, over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from any evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Praise the Lord. Now we have that boldness as we step in, you know, 
we step in with that boldness. Now, let me just now give you one of my favorite verses now. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. I hope you're still following and you're learning something. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter number 4 verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'll repeat that again. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, unto the throne of grace, the mercy seat. Then it was the mercy seat. The mercy seat was the throne of God. And now the Bible says, well, that mercy seat that you, you know of in the Old Testament, now the writer of Hebrews is now calling it the throne of grace. And he says, let us now approach boldly. Let us now come boldly unto the throne of grace. Remember our two definitions. The first one, mercy is God withholding the wrath, the punishment, what is due or what we deserve. God withholding it. So what you find in the Old Testament, it's not the giving of new life. It is not the giving of righteousness or the imputation of righteousness. No, the impartation of righteousness. No, God is only withholding. God is only withholding. God is only withholding. God is only withholding. There's no, new, there's no new conscience that is being given there. No, there's just the covering of sin. God is just withholding the punishment. But if you come now to the New Testament, the Bible says it's now the throne of grace. What is grace? God is giving us now by grace what we do not deserve. So when we come to the throne of grace, it's not only now where our punishment is being withheld. No. Now it is where we receive the new. It is where we have the new covenant. It is where we have a new uh, relationship with our Father. It is where we have a new kind of you know, fellowship with God. It is where we have new life. It is where we have the peace that surpasses all understanding. It is where we have the light of God, the love of God. So we are now getting what we do not deserve. We are now getting the righteousness that we do not deserve. Where are we getting it? We are getting it now at the place which is called the throne of grace. Amen. And it says, and find grace to help us in the time of need, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Where do we find this? At the throne of grace, where the gracious God gives us. What does he give us? The gracious God gives us his mercy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we approach God the mercy way. We approach God by declaring the mercy seat, the seat of grace. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Now, I want you to check something. Um, Matthew. They don't have it here in the studio. They don't have this one. These are verses that come up when we are enjoying the word. Matthew chapter number 18. I just pray that uh, I've got that right. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let us approach him with all boldness and meet him right there. You know, to Aaron, he says, we'll meet there. We'll meet there at the mercy seat. And it was once every year. Isn't it beautiful to know that now we have access 24-7, not once every year. We meet him every time. We meet him at the what? 
at the mercy seat. We meet him at the throne of grace. We meet him. Now, where is that? No, it is not at that mountain. It is not at that particular place. No, he has actually made his habitation in us, right in you. You know, to that woman, chapter 4 of the book of John, he says, the time is coming where the true worshipers will worship in spirit and, and in truth. It's not going to be about that mountain and that place there and that sacred place there. No, places are going to be irrelevant, right? When the mercy seat is now in you, when the throne of grace is now in you, when Jesus is now in you, when you have become the temple of God, all these physical places, they cease to matter. They cease to be important. I will meet you where you are. Praise the Lord. You will not wait for me to come. I will meet you where you are. I have actually come to make my habitation in you. Praise God. Right. Are we there? Matthew chapter number 18. Uh, I'm looking for that story of the Pharisee. Where do I find that? Is it in Matthew? The two guys who went and they were praying. Is it in Matthew? All right, if you know where it is, can you, can, you, can you type in the comment section there? Help me find it. Woo. Where is it? Is it, or oh, I said uh, Matthew instead of Luke. Let's see if I've got people there. Give me, can you give me that verse, please? Yes, it's actually sub- it's supposed to be Luke chapter 18, not Matthew. Luke chapter number 18. So let me quickly read this parable as we close. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this text collector, I fast twice a week. I give tithe of all that I possess. And the text collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, I want you to check if you've got a Greek uh, you know, dictionary with you. I want you to check this from your strong concordance or Greek lexicon, that word be merciful. Be merciful. That word merciful there is the very same word which is uh, propitiation, the very same word which is mercy seat. So he's saying, you know, saying God be the mercy seat. Praise the Lord. God be my mercy seat. I know I have nothing to point to, I'm already a tax collector. I've defrauded a lot of people. You know, I'm a, I'm an adulterer. I'm I steal. I'm a murderer. I don't deserve. I don't have any record of good that I can point to. But God, let the mercy seat speak to me. Let the mercy seat. You know what the Pharisee is doing? The Pharisee is lifting up the mercy seat and putting the mercy seat on the side. And he's looking at all the requirements that are in the Ark of the Covenant and looking at all the requirements and say, okay, of all the things that I see in the Ten Commandments, I have done A, right? I don't need the mercy seat covering because my own righteousness will get me there. 
you accept me based on what is in the ark of the covenant so stealing i have not stolen having another god besides you i have not done so Oh, commit adultery, I have not committed adultery. Okay, covet, I have not coveted. I, well, I actually have done much more. I've gone beyond the 10 to do the 613, you know. I'm actually looking at this message now, I mean, at this Ark of the Covenant, where the tablets of stones are. And he says, well, I've done this, I've done this. Over and above that, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all. So, look, I don't need mercy. Because... I deserve on my own. But the publican, the tax collector, is like a man who is taking the, the messy seat back there. And he says, you know what? If you are to look at me through the standard of holiness that you have set, I will not be able to qualify. So I'm taking the messy seat back to where it's supposed to be. God, I want you to look at Jesus, the propitiation for my sins, and be merciful to me a sinner. I, I, I'm, I'm in you. I'm in you. If you are to look directly at me, I will, I will be disqualified. But look at me through the finished work of the cross. And now the Bible says we are in him and he is in us. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. You know, I, I, I just need that propitiation. I just need that mercy that God gives. And God says, through my son Jesus Christ, I have already given you that he is the propitiation for your sin. So the text collector knew that on his own he could not make it. That's why we come through the mercy and the goodness of God. So back to Hosea chapter number 2. What does the Bible say? I will betroth you in loving kindness and in mercy. I will betroth you in loving kindness and in mercy. You know, my brothers and sisters, all we need is the mercy of God. You are where you are today simply because of the mercy of God. You are where you are today because Jesus Christ became our propitiation. He atoned for our sins. He appeased the wrath of God, satisfied the justice system of God. And now we can boldly come up and say, what was due to us, he withheld. And not only did he withhold that, according to the New Testament, he gave us what we do not deserve. Now that which was the mercy seat is now the throne of grace, a place where you and me can get what we do not deserve. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a savior we have in Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm glad because the mercy seat is always there. I'm glad because the mercy seat was not just some wood or some, you know, some lead that was there in the Old Testament. I'm glad the mercy seat is a person and this person is eternal. He is forever making intercession for us, forever making intercession for us. You know, this is this is what should bless your heart, child of God. This is what should bless, you know, your spirit. This is what should encourage you. This is what should give you joy to know that he who watches over you, he does not sleep and he does not slumber. He does not take an off, you know, duty, you know, you know, well, I've, I've, I've got an off now. Well, I won't do it. I'm too tired. No, he won't do that. He is forever eternal, forever consistent, forever present, our present help in the time of need. Where you are, I just want you to open your mouth now if you can and just bless the name of the Lord. I just want you to just bless the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, I thank you for being my propitiation. And I know I've got mercy forever. I've got mercy forever because I have you 
as the propitiation of my sins. Not only of my sins, but of the entire world. And I pray that each and every person who is still in the world, suffering under the weight of sin, being condemned by the enemy, will have a revelation. If you're watching me and you have not yet said yes to Jesus, you have not yet received him, you know what? You are being looked at with the mercy seat removed directly at those commandments. And you cannot make it. You cannot make it. You cannot make it. Israel failed to make it. Adam failed to make it. He failed to live by the commands. It had to be the mercy of God. It had to be the goodness of God. Father, I just thank you for your love and your goodness. We are forever grateful. We've heard this over and over again, but all the times when we hear it, it sounds so new to us. And it keeps blessing our hearts. It keeps blessing our spirits because of all that you did for us. What manner of love is this? That a man lays down his life for his friends. And what a friend we have in Jesus. One who is closer than a brother. We are forever grateful, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Now, I just want to encourage you, you know, just to continue to partner with us. Uh, just to continue to support our ministry as we continue to declare the goodness of the Lord to people. You know, share the broadcast and also contribute, you know, with your, with your money, with your gifts. It is always appreciated so that we spread this good news to as many people as uh, around the world and as many people as need to hear this good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are blessed. <laughs>